0: Welcome to the round table of beer and a movie, a podcast where we talk about two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times washing the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I am your co- I am your co-
1: that was a melancholy read <laughs> i yeah the, the,
2: wh-
0: hello welcome to beer we and a movie the Huzzah! podcast where we combine two of the greatest star forms known to humanity beer and movies sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to watch the terrible taste of failure from our mouths i am your in studio co-host alongside my two other in studio co hosts, joe hilliard good to see you guys
2: And Dave Gurney.
0: Hey, we're back, baby. Yep,
2: we sure are.
0: Three of the last four weeks have been pre-recorded episodes. It has been a very interesting... uh month off we had a month off we had a month we, off which is which is which is odd uh, is odd we did um, reconvene
2: for old so that yeah, we, was, we had yeah. a moment we had a moment in we that,
0: did have a yeah. moment but you but you were skyping in and it was a whole thing and you know it's just well
2: like, i appreciate you guys accommodating me uh, uh, we never so what, found our rhythm
0: wasn't the same energy although there was a lot of energy that episode
2: uh, i thought we had some good points that, yeah. that were put out there i felt i felt like it was one of our sharper Analyses. I would agree with that. Joe Joe said the very same thing, I believe, the I day after. That's yeah.
1: true, that's true. Uh um, was a treat.
0: Yeah. But it, it's it's good, it's good to be back in the in the swing of things and what an episode to return to our in person recordings on. Very interested to hear what everybody has to say Me about too. it. But of course, as I will already as I've already gone on
2: for too long, I mean The Knights must have some beverage in there. <laughs>
1: chalice yeah. uh, mead winch.
2: Yeah. We, we're going full bore uh, back to uh, the, the knights of the round table with this episode if you haven't already picked up on that um, The Green Knight recently released an interpretation of Sir Gawain and The Green Knight is that the original tale? I believe you're right title? yeah um, and when we picked this film it was mainly based on the trailer I, I, we have some uh, prior knowledge of David Lowery the director's work, so that that I guess was a check mark in its column. Yeah, I, I would I would say prior knowledge is an understatement.
0: Yeah, given our experiences, G- given
2: that we have been in the presence of this filmmaker and yes. seen his film with him. Yeah, no, th- it's true. We'll we'll have to expand on that later. We'll get to that. Um, but you know, Carlos was bowled over by the trailer. I was intrigued. Joe, I think, likewise. So we we knew we were going to do this one, and. When we were talking about that, you know, well over probably two months ago now, um, this beer came into my mind, and I didn't really say anything until today. W- once I had procured some to bring with me to tonight's recording session, and that's the Gunite G apostrophe K N I G H T man uh, from Oscar Blues Brewery. Good job, my brother. L- long-term shelfie, that's you know what parrot. I mean. This has been on the shelf in yeah. our local beer emporium, sure. I think, for at least a decade at this point. We get
1: all of Oscar Blues' flagships.
2: Sure. Yeah. Um, And this is one of them. And this is the one that I'm probably the least... I, I don't even want to say familiar with. I know I've had it, but I have the least frequently. Like Dale's Pale, right. I, I have regularly. Yeah, and
1: I go to the right. Semi-regularly. I go to the IPAs yeah. and they've put out a couple of new ones recently. Can of yeah. right? yeah. Bliss. That's, yeah. Those
2: have been good, and, yeah. And, and so there's some I'm much more familiar with than this, but this is one that, based on name alone, and the opportunity to revisit something that I hadn't had in a while I thought was kind of fun. And it's a style that we don't really fuck with too much here. That, that is, is true the imperial red ale well the red in india pale ale in general is something we don't really get into but the imperial red so this is putting together a few different things it's more i guess of an amber multi-body is what they're going for Mm -hmm. the good night here isn't for the green Knight, though folks it's for gordon knight who was a brewer uh who who was living in colorado and who the founder of uh oscar blues and i'm going to his name right now, but had become friendly with, was was an inspiration to him in the local brewing scene in Colorado, helped him get his footing, and he brewed this in tribute to him um, Interesting. You know, years later, the guy died kind of young um, w- while fighting a wildfire, which, Crazy. which is sad. Gordon Knight. So, so cheers to Gordon Knight. Let's get some beer in
1: our glasses, guys. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, it's, the word "Knight" spelled correctly is on the can. The yeah. can is green, yeah. and the style has the word "red" in it. <laughs> so, if we don't immediately launch into the color palette of this film, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, there it is. Um, so, so I guess now is since Joe has already kind of. Uh, brought us into it a little bit uh and now is as good a time as any to uh intro the film so like david said it's an it's an adaptation and interpretation of uh sir gawain and the green knight which is a an epic poem that you probably read in school at some point i know that's where
1: i was introduced to it yeah freshman year of college
0: uh, yeah and it's um it was in my dual credit English class, mm-hmm. so there you have really? it. I think yeah. I
1: think it's in the North Norton Anthology book. Okay,
0: um, but yeah, so
1: the <laughs> the premise is uh, this poem's gotten around.
0: Yeah, uh, the premise is that um, this Green Knight enters um, into the Knights of the Round Table sank inner sanctum on Christmas Day, and wants to uh, play this game, a Christmas game, uh, and in both versions the original text and the film Gawain uh agrees to play this game where he delivers a blow and then a year later he is to receive the same blow that he dealt in return and uh so the inciting incident is that he beheads the green knight and when the Green Knight gets up and walks away and rides off, then he he realizes that in a year he's going to have to seek this knight out at the Green Chapel, which is six days ride north of where they are at the, at the time, and uh, is going to have to receive the same blow in return as right. per the rules. And so that's then what... I mean
2: that that's kind of the the setup the and the setup then yeah. the film is the journey. The film is yeah. the getting to this final destination and the things he meets and does along the
1: way. And learning who everybody is along the way. Right. I mean to their core. I mean watching a transformative journey of our main character.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and in this one, um in this film, Gawain is played by top five most handsome men, I think. He, he Alive,
1: was, Dev Patel. He was striking to look at on this big screen. And he, he, he was, he, 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 you're absolutely correct. I haven't seen, I I
0: don't
2: think I've seen him in a ton recently. Is he always this shredded? No, I I mean, that's the thing. I usually think of him as kind of a gaunt dude. Real, like, you yeah. know, real, really, real, real, thin, really, yeah. yeah, from Slumdog Millionaire, the newsroom. Yeah. That there's, you know, I've seen him over the years. And, I do think he probably put on a little weight. Like, I still don't think he's ripped. I, I, I mean, I mean he's, a, he's in pretty I mean, good he's, shape. He's in good shape, but he's not like a beefy gentleman. He's not Dwayne The Rock Johnson by no, any No, that's the, the thing. When we have our John Cena's and our Dwayne The Rock Johnson's and our Dave Batistas,
1: uh, I never know what the conversation's going to be when I come into this room. <laughs> but I, did, I would never have expected this one. Okay, continue. Though. I mean, you I'm, should, I'm you should know. I'll find a way to you
2: bring know, the rock. Into I, it.
1: I think he worked really uh, well in this role. I mean, if we are to measure film by this thing, I mean, I see him certainly being nominated for an Oscar for this performance. He is so good. He is so good. It's, it's Every single in person caliber, in this cast is I don't think fantastic. anybody.
2: I don't think anybody would be. Yeah, uh, even the Fox Academy was fantastic. Yeah.
0: I I do I do agree that he is good in this. Um, but I do not think that there is a performance in it that is Oscar nom worthy. It'll
1: come though. Watch.
0: I, I I wouldn't doubt it, and I wouldn't be upset about it by any means. Um, but I I mean, are we are Could we we should just jump in, right? We, I, yeah, we I think we already we're talking. Have. We're talking. So on the way to the theater, good night's pretty good. Um. Kylie was
2: challenged (laughs) to a contest.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was challenged to a contest. Uh, um, A pothole on airline challenged me to a contest. Uh, No, but we were driving to the theater. Kylie had mentioned to me that a good friend of ours and her boyfriend had seen it. Um, And she said, I'm really interested to hear your thoughts, like when y'all are done, et cetera, et cetera. And she said, Caleb and I's one word takeaway are as follows Caleb said, interesting. Cecile said, surreal. And so as I'm watching it, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I would also like to return the blow that I received uh, (laughs) in the challenge of getting some one word kind of takeaway from this. Um, And I would say subversive, um, Mm -hmm. but, and so we'll get into that because this isn't an an adaptation. It is an interpretation. It's not a straight retelling. Uh, And that is very key to what, is at the core of this film. And the reason that I don't think that any of these performances are necessarily Oscar worthy is because this is a David Lowry film. It is a film that lives and dies on the strength of the filmmaker himself. It's a very sparse, there's not a lot of what the Academy likes, which is a lot of yelling scenes, big, huge, right. Oh, ov- just over the top outbursts of emotion, usually anger or rage. Um, there are some great moments performance wise, but this movie lives in its atmosphere. It lives in its tone. It
1: lives in its visuals. And all of the things you listed are characters in this film. Uh,
0: yeah, sure. Yeah. And it in a large way. Yeah. Um, and it's those key things mm-hmm. more so than any one person's performance that really make this film tick. And I think one of the most interesting things about it is that what David Lowry is doing here is he's kind of questioning and uh, analyzing, criticizing maybe uh, our idea of what masculinity is. And the fact that he was able to go back so far in time to a piece of literature that has so greatly influenced what we think it is to be a man or what we think is at the core of masculinity really says a lot about how embedded those ideas are into us culturally. Because this is a 600 year old story?
1: Fourteen hundreds yeah fourteen hundred,
0: so. so yeah, like mm-hmm. six hundred years old, and we still have very much the same ideas that are presented here um and so in doing that, in asking those questions and putting that critical let putting this through that critical lens, he reframes Gawain as not a knight but an a wannabe knight, he reframes Gawain as petulant, childish cowardice uh. hedonistic the quintessential opposite of what is presented in the epic poem Mm -hmm. right and i found that to be very interesting (laughs) i mean i i i I don't i don't want to completely just bulldoze this discussion but that was my reading of it and those were the things that really struck me and so when i gave my yeah one word it was subversive because lowry subverts this idea subverts all of the core Uh, takeaways of the poem. I
1: I might use the word auteur and might praise it for some of the same things you were just talking about. Because I think that you could cut and paste this same review when we do The French Dispatch and substitute Wes Anderson's name for David Lowry and make the same argument. And I would reject that argument too. And that is... Going in for the visual style of the filmmaker is kind of something that I really enjoy doing. I know Mm -hmm. I'm going to go see a Wes Anderson, and I'm going to revisit a a Kubrick, you know, that kind of thing. I loved... Okay, I would say that you're 100% correct, though, because this film is so... You remember my... Biggest criticism of old two weeks ago was just that there was too much exposition. Mm-hmm. There is no exposition. There is zero, and there is, in this film, it's almost
0: it, anti-expository.
1: Right, you walk out and you have to you have to Wikipedia Sir Gawain and the Green Knight again just to remind yourself what that source material was. I did,
0: a, I did that going in because I wanted. I, I read it, and it was one of the one of a handful of right. times in school that I was. Gripped and captivated by a, piece of a required reading, That's and like enthusiastic about finishing uh. it. I loved this story when I read it. Uh-huh. See, I didn't have and that see, connection. I, and see, I didn't. I didn't remember a lot of the details. I remember how it made me feel. Uh-huh. And so I wanted to go back and because I thought it was very clever. And it was. I. I don't know. There's just a lot I like So I went back and I read the synopsis, and I was like, Oh yeah, I remember all this stuff. I remember all this stuff. So going in, when he's got. Come on his hand. Uh-huh. I'm like, oh, that's not what happened. That's the exact opposite of what right. happens in the right. original text. You right, know? and then uh,
1: you know, I had to do just a little. He to does do a- get seduced. Though, I had to right? do a
0: little bit of research, but he nobly denies all advances in the in story. In the story,
2: I thought he did succumb. He he gets he gets kissed. And okay. so there, there are three. So he gives the kiss. So in, but he, but isn't he still guilty about something? That he's still he,
0: guilty because okay, he so holds back something. There what are, is it? There are three days. First day, one kiss. Second day, two kisses. Third day, three kisses. But on the third day, he also receives that green sash, and, and he does not say anything sash, about okay. it. And the, so it's keeping the sash. It's that's keeping the, the sash that is the, the, his okay. yeah. right. flaw in it. But okay. I mean, that's but nothing just, compared just, to what <laughs> Gawain does in this film. so off the point from
1: before. No, it's fine. Because uh, I think you're right. Uh, and I think anyone can be right about this film. I have I had a polarizing ride home between my thoughts of the film and my significant others. I'm very interested in this. And, uh, well, um, okay, let, let me get there by finishing yeah, the yeah, point, yeah, yeah. And that is that the film lacks such exposition mm-hmm. and, and such interpretation of what the closure of the film is that I believe that it's, it's necessary. I, I really loved this movie. I, I, everything about it. And my partner did did not. Uh, What is the point? You know uh, why the giants? They didn't do anything. (laughs) That that scene was odd. Oh, it was, it was, it was beautiful. It was that, beautiful. That's
2: the understatement of the year. That scene was odd. <laughs>
1: it, it was beautiful. And, and because I did not get the opportunity to see I, the film I, again, I
2: think your friend's one word review surreal would be better there, but they, yeah. Uh, oh, I thought it was a beautiful scene. No. I, I
1: hear. I, I can, I can
0: take, I can take any degree of weirdness. Like I don't have. And this film I, presents I have, plenty. I have, a, I have a very high threshold for weird. Uh-huh. The reason I found that scene so odd is I couldn't, Suss out the purpose of it. I couldn't suss out what it was doing. And that was exactly her. You know what I mean? Like, what did this do for the film? But I found it so visually captivating and such a small blip that I didn't. uh, Yeah, whatever.
1: Exactly. I mean, I I think that short answer to that is presentation of a fantastical world.
0: Yeah, I
1: I think there's that. I think there's also something with
2: gender there that, because as Carlos is nicely teed up already, like this film is pretty interested in. Masculinity, as the chivalric romances were anyway. I mean, that's yeah. what their point is: is to to define masculinity and to to tell us as listeners and and you know uh, story receivers what it is that it means to be an upstanding you know man in the, in this world. So, I do think he's deconstructing that, and I do, I don't know. I haven't like fully sussed out. I mean, so, so this is a very interesting uh, film. I'll go with interesting there, like like <laughs> your f- friend Caleb. Uh, you know. I am still grappling with this film. Yeah. I, first of all, I, I'm not going to come out and say I love it, and I want to give a little bit more of a measured reaction because this is one of the first films in a while where I've gone to the restroom right after, and I've been you know, taking my post-movie urination break, <laughs> and the gentleman next it's a to custom. me... Uh, sidles up, and you know the code of honor in the movie theater, the chivalric tradition is that you do not talk yeah. to your urinal mate. No. no, but but this gentleman breached that no, and, and said, "What'd you think of that one, buddy?" <laughs> and I, I gave him a little. I'm I'm pondering it, and his response was, "I think I'm going to ask for my money back." Uh-huh. Um, and and I wasn't shocked. I wasn't surprised this is a film that does not greet the viewer with wide open arms this is a film that is there for you to unpack should you want yeah, to correct um and I find those kind of films fascinating, and I'm willing to go there with it. But recognize this is never going to be a film for general audiences. That it's done oh. as well as it has is kind of blowing my mind, honestly. That when I when we were planning this, so we're recording this into the second week of its run. Yeah. We didn't watch it. I mean, Joe went to see it the first weekend, but um, but I didn't until the second. And I actually looked ahead in the week to make sure I could still see it the second week because I'm like yeah. this is a one weeker this isn't this isn't gonna stick around in Corpus Christi for, but it did it did it, yeah. it actually got a second week it did better than expectations first. so there's an audience out there looking for movies that That's are a, challenging an antidote,
1: yeah. an antidote to and, and, and
2: it's I mean it's it's got some names in it, you know. Sure, no, and I
0: mean, I, David Lowry's like in bed with fucking Disney and shit, you know. Yeah, like, well,
2: but his Disney rendezvous did not go so well. Well, I, I, he got I, another one, okay. right? Well, good. A Peter Pan. Hopefully, that goes really yeah, well. He's doing Peter Pan and Is that now. is that Disney?
1: It, it's gotta be. It's, it's a Disney property. I think
2: it is. He's doing um, Peter Pan and Winnie. Yeah. yeah, but Pete's Dragon w- was a horrible failure. From there, from a normal from a financial Disney standpoint, yeah. 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 I, I like the film. I thought it was good, but. But yeah, th- and that was more friendly. The, but but this one is not. It is almost doing everything it can to kind of repel the typical viewer. It's yeah. slowing everything down to a crawl in a lot of cases. Um, th- it's, some of these scenes unfold like cold molasses pouring out of a canister. It is a slow um, burn. Uh, You're right. Th- th- I, see, this is, <laughs> and you know what, this is not me saying that I... I mean, I want that sometimes. I I want to sit there and just kind of (laughs) luxuriate in the imagery, but I know that's a challenge for a lot of viewers. Like, get me to the action. And this film pretty quickly establishes, even though it contains, you know, adventure and action, it's not an action movie. It's not an adventure movie. It is a deeply contemplative and, I think, as Carlos said, subversive and deconstructive take on what these chivalric romances are. Now, I come in at a disadvantage. I'd never read the poem. I had have had so little interest. I mean, my knowledge of Arthurian legend has really been through Monty Python. And <laughs> and to whatever extent I then teased out from that, oh, this is what they're making fun of. That That's kind of, I've gone backwards into Arthurian legend. So watching, and we're gonna get in the second half and do another one that really also is based deeply in Arthurian legend this stuff is so foreign to me and I feel at a disadvantage because I know it's playing with things that I should just have as like bedrock sort of archetypes in my mind and and I know that the subversiveness would play even stronger in those cases But it doesn't, like you say, it does not for the viewer who does not already know these legends, it does not fill in the gaps, it's not, like if you know the story of Gawain and the Green Knight I think this film is probably a totally different experience than if you go in with little knowledge at all, because then you're going to be wondering, why the hell am I even
1: watching this? Uh, I can can tell you that Carlos's reaction to The Green Knight when he read it for the first time was not mine. It was just another checkbox on a list of shit I had to read for that class. <laughs> I didn't connect with the movie, that text at all. I mean, I'm glad that you did. Um, I don't know if I connected with it as much as I found
0: it interesting and clever and entertaining. You
1: walked into the doors of this movie with a completely different set of expectations than I did. Sure. Because I didn't have any of that going into it. And um, I can tell you that not remembering one thing about the story does that isn't the that wasn't a helpful tool for me. Yeah, it I wasn't. Think, I mean, so
0: I think that the one thing that is important to know, I, I think the one thing that you need to know to at least get a hint of what Lowry is after here is that knights are chivalrous and brave and honorable. I think that's that's the assumption. I think that's the crux is that you are supposed to think that because we've all been yeah. programmed to think uh-huh. that, and, and the figures and know, of that
1: model are sickly,
0: and 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 knowing that, uh-huh. and then seeing how Gawain behaves in this film, it that I that should be enough to make you scratch your head and think like, yeah. okay, what's going on here. And well, right
2: from the beginning, he, he's awaking in a brothel yeah, um, and, and sort of like... Quickly, on Christmas
0: Day, just trying to smash, not it, go to mass.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's something, especially with that opening where I almost got a glimmer of, oh, this is going to be like a funny take on Arthurian legend... But it's not quite that. It it it, no. it it gets serious pretty quickly. But the opening yeah. was kind of it right from the get go. It shows you, oh, this isn't your typical Knight's yeah. Tale. That we yeah. didn't do that one in yeah. the second half, by the way.
0: Uh, uh yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything about that. Um, yeah. on so on the way to the film, to your um, point about this being kind of a smaller film, was Kylie said something about um. Being surprised at its scale, or like at like how many screens it would like that it wasn't at Draft House and that the theater we were
2: in was small. Um, Oh, she thought it would be a bigger film.
0: She thought it'd be a bigger film, and I understand that like assumption because it's a film about knights and quests and adventure, and it should be this Ridley Scott action film and you know uh, that kind of shit, you know. Uh, And I was like, "Mm, no, this really isn't. An a- this isn't like an action movie like you would expect from a movie about knights and you know yeah. whatever and I I almost think this film hates its audience <laughs> 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 I mean, to a certain extent because he really does not give a fuck about you in this and I and I really well, like that and I I I'm also I'm being hyperbolic before everyone gets all up in arms <laughs> I'm, I'm, be- I'm being hyperbolic I feel like we all knew that but I'll clarify anyway I mean cause it's it is incredibly vague and little to no exposition, et cetera, et cetera. All, I'm pretty sure also the look into Gawain's future is not a part of the uh, original text as well. If, if I'm wrong about that, someone please. The synopsis
2: um, I read did not mention that. I, I
0: I'm I'm almost positive it's not. If uh, but if, what, if I'm wrong, send me a letter. But so how
1: did the how did Kylie feel about it?
0: Loved it as well. And uh, honestly, and, where, and
1: where were you in that initial car ride home? still i
0: thought it was great uh-huh, i mean okay. i'm honestly surprised david's coming off as like mild on this as he is i, I am too I, well
2: it's not that i'm coming off mild i mean i am I'm, I'm trying to frame this correctly i just want to acknowledge that this is not going to be almost anybody's idea of a popcorn entertainment film even though i, had, I think i had the so guy much popcorn who and so I, many snacks who I peed next to, I think may have felt that way. And I think when Carlos just said it hates its audience, I don't know if it hates its audience. I think if anything, he may show a little bit of contempt for somebody who would go in just expecting a Knight's Tale. You know, like for somebody who thinks, Oh, this is going to be a fairly straightforward rendering of an Arthurian tale Which it could have been. Which it could have been, sure. But, and from the poster, who knows? I mean, and honestly, even from the trailer, you might come away, if you don't know Lowry's work, you might just think, oh yeah, this is gonna be like maybe a slightly more melodramatic interpretation of one of these stories that I think this does give that kind of viewer nothing to latch onto because it's not interested in rehashing the tale it's interested in subversion. It's interested yeah. in upending these parts of it and, and creating these kind of strange explanations for things and then also creating more mystery in it. Like, I don't believe that the original tale had anything to do with him already having a lover no. in his home or, you know, in Camelot that... Was then somehow doppelgangered in the Lord's castle when he's staying with them this at, is a, towards a, the end? Interesting yeah.
1: conversation. I don't even know if it's worth the rabbit trail, but I'm sure people walked into Pulp Fiction thinking that this is some kind of John Travolta dance movie, and and, and, and having film. a completely Gang. different under you know that. This is an art tour piece. is what I said at the very beginning. This is this is a piece of art presented and getting a larger than normal release for this kind of product. But it is based on a very popular uh, I, I, story I, that many people. I, I don't have been that, forced to read. I don't know if in twenty twenty one people are rushing to see that story on the big screen. I think that. But I think people so,
0: know. I think it's enough in the zeitgeist. Yeah,
1: I think that it's also an antidote to what we has been has been available. Well, to I think us. that's the yeah. reality of it. What you're saying,
2: Joe, is that it, it isn't that, and I totally agree. I'm just saying that. For the audience that slips into this thinking this is an Arthurian adaptation, which it is, or interpretation, maybe, and wants that, they are going to probably be upset, especially if they're not a film goer who's willing to meander into more sort of philosophically ambiguous spaces. But so that, that excites me that
0: someone's sitting there. Well yeah, but ex- you do a podcast about movies. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean I, 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 I understand what you're saying, Joe, and <laughs> and I it is exciting and it is like it is the antidote to jungle cruise. Yeah, you right. know, they're uh, in theaters right, at the right. same time and while I love each of those styles of film equally, like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I do intend to see Jungle Cruise. I, yeah. I, love a good mindless romp with just action that I can <laughs> delete from my brain the second I'm out of. And one theater. of your favorite
1: chiseled bodies is yes. at yeah. the arguably wheel. my favorite. <laughs>
0: uh, but, but I also am, and you know, so Lowry has proven himself to be a very sparse filmmaker. Uh, a very um, subtle one, a very uh, meditative one. Um, you know, the film Ain't and Body Saints comes to mind in tone of just, uh, just like seeing things and like mm-hmm. there being dialogue, but not too much. And there's certainly no expository dialogue, yeah. really. Uh, and we'll talk more about Ain't and Body Saints in the after hours when we talk about our, our uh, or at least David and I discuss our history with David Lowry. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, I, can, I, I mean, I definitely could understand if you didn't know who he was being put off. But I just... Oh,
1: I think we're, I think I, we're burning up time because we're talking well, no, about well, cinematography no, no, well, no, well, and well, color palette I mean, and smoke machines. So that's,
2: it,
0: yeah. It, well, this, and what colors. caught us onto this <laughs> yeah, nah. was
2: me just saying that I'm coming across as like <laughs> mild or mod. I took only, a very small point and made it very large. I'm really yeah. only doing that to offer a little bit of counterpoint here because oh. honestly, I... No, I mean, I do love no. this film. I mean, I said I'm on the... But, it, you know... I think that it's a film that I'm still thinking about days after it, and I haven't fully wrestled with it. Like you say, The Giants, I am not. I don't feel like that was a throwaway. I don't think anything in this film was thrown away. Agree. Everything is there for reasons, uh, and I'm not even saying that you have to unpack what those reasons are, but you at least owe it to yourself as a film lover to sit with it and kind of experience it and then and then take some time to, to kind of think through what some of those implications are because he is doing some interesting subtle things yeah. that on I think on the surface they don't come across as radical as they actually are when you start picking it apart and you think about okay but what is it that he actually achieves like with the the sort of flash forward, uh, you know, seeing his life pass yeah. by sequence right towards the end of it that almost fools you into believing sure. that you're I fully seeing, thought that yeah. was the end. I thought he was right. taking
0: it there, and to to just further emphasize your point that there is nothing in here that wasn't incredibly deliberate. The amount of money that was spent on the scene where Gawain is walking through a war uh-huh. only to find that his son has died—that is. $100,000 setup. I mean, the yeah. the level of, t- the, least, the yeah. amount of tents and extras and right. all of the was all set design that went into it. Yeah,
2: but still a lot of money went into it. and a especially A lot when you think of money the, went into 45 seconds. Right, a lot of the film, which had some beautiful production design, don't get me wrong. Incredible. And, the, and you know, in yeah. terms of like the locations they chose and, and the way that they dressed everything. I mean, it looked great, but it was much more conceivable that this is a low budget film and i agree like through that sequence you see more money spent probably i (laughs) mean that sequence
0: looks like the opening of gladiator
2: right yeah like it
0: was a big very short sequence you know but because because of that because of you know how intentional that decision was i mean you 100 percent believed oh he is gonna end this differently yeah. this is that we're getting this thing, you know uh and there is a, f- a
1: flash forward uh, go backward kind of structure in this when he, it, even if it comes to a flashing scene his corpse in the woods which is just a gorgeous photograph the, of a corpse in a woods three, yeah, The, yeah, the camera. Oh, my god
0: mm. the, sometimes he's walking through and everything's very gray sometimes he's walking through and it's orange Yellow. i mean like yeah Hard orange at one point, color you know. Palette. I mean, the color palette is crazy, and I'm sure it's all
1: intentional. Just oh, like Cook, teeth, sure. Wife, Lover, that whole setup. We're just. I not... need to borrow your DVD of that day. I do too. I've been, <laughs> di- I've been dying to watch it. Let's pass that around and have a meal.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, but I'm, I'm. This is my favorite movie I've seen so far this year. I think, Same. and I'm. The reason that I brought up earlier, it's coming back to me now. What a sparse filmmaker David Lowry is. Is because normally when you have these long passages where like there's, there may be music, but it's very quiet or subtle. There's not a lot of dialogue. You're just looking at things. Sometimes that can lure me into a kind of drowsiness and almost like meditative moment where I start to kind of get a little calm, too calm, you know, and start to drift out mentally a little bit. Oh, we know you'll fall asleep in a movie. Oh no, for sure. <laughs> I was trying not to say that, but. Um, and and I have seen people say that Lowry is not interested in pace or, uh, yeah. you know, these crazy statements. I didn't find a dull moment no, me, me in this either. thing. I mean, I was locked in, mm-hmm. like locked the fuck in the whole time. And it makes me, the second that I left the theater, I was like, you know, now that I know what he's doing and now that I know the storyline and the th- broader themes that are at play here uh and kind of the macro of it all i want to re-watch it again and really yeah. hone in on the micro of it like why right. is this scene orange why is this lit mm. this way at this time like what like the scene where he goes into the spring to get her head from the bottom of it right and everything goes i mean uh, this this was fucking uh under the skin type shit that that scene reminded me. of, what's that guy's name? Jonathan Levy? Uh,
1: no. Uh, um,
0: something with an L. Um, I'll put it in here. <laughs> uh, I'm actually probably not gonna do that. But David's but, thumbs
1: are flying. Don't no worry, it's going right at you.
0: That that struck me as like, oh, I was like, oh man, I remember when I saw Under the Skin, in there are these glazed. sequences that are like this. I think I think you might be right. Uh, Lowry's kind of taking it. Yes, Glazer. Jonathan Glazer He's he's taking it and he's pumping it up By adding these vibrant colors And all this stuff And I, I just I can't I told Kylie before we got into the theater uh, Or when we were on our way And we were talking about her Her friend's uh, Or our friend's assessment of it um, That uh, You know I told her I was like well you know Joe sent us this uh, This article And the headline was Love it or loathe it Love or loathe the Green Knight, someone probably agrees with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as we were leaving, I was like, "I loved that. I 100% understand why somebody would not like it. Right. <laughs> like yeah. it is no mystery to me how you could come away from this film wanting yeah. your money back or whatever the case may be." Our, now, co-
1: our conversation about the Green Knight was a two-parter, and I'll tell the second part in after hours. <laughs>
0: that being said, I just, I just, the images are embedded in my brain.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, no, it it was it was visually stunning, I think. And I refused to see a
0: ghost story. I drew a line in the sand <laughs> and I said, "Fuck this. I'm not going to see this one-to-one Instagram bullshit. I'm tired of this fad. I'm tired of this like idea that we need to make movies smaller." And I was just so annoyed. By the general concept of that film, that I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not doing this. I'm, <laughs> Lowry, we had a nice time a, a couple of movies back. I'm not interested in what you're doing anymore. You oh, know, sorry and, to hear that. I and st- I am, I'm back, baby. Okay, I Whatever. Right. Ha- Peter Pan and Wendy, I'll go see it. Pete's Dragon, I'm going to
2: find it. I'm, I'm going to watch it. To I mean, hear that, I yeah, I, Pete's like, Dragon. Might I'm not going to watch a ghost. No I ever story saw
1: still. in the theater. So but. I got a special love in my heart for Pete's Dragon.
2: Oh shoot, that's right. Okay. This ain't
1: no Pete's Dragon. <laughs>
2: No. Um it, yeah, th- th- this film does a lot of things but it but it, it is not going to make it easy for you. I think uh you know what everybody said, it has a lot going for it. I think the the score was great. I was enjoying the entire feeling of the film. Uh-huh. It was great to see in the theater. I think I appreciated it much more that way than I would have had I been watching it at home. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if you're a film lover, do yourself the favor and and get out there and I mean I guess you know do do what you need to to be safe but but get out there if you can because uh, I, I think this one is is one that you're gonna want to see that way the the film that kind of because I skipped a ghost story too and not not because I had a hang up about the aspect ratio that 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 didn't bother me as much and I, and I will get around to watching it. but I did watch the old man and the gun um I think it was on a plane not not that uh, you know, when did that pre out? I was out 2018. That was Robert was it Redford.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I thought I thought it was a ghost story and then this. No. I didn't know he had done anything in between.
2: Yeah. Well, check it out. That one's worth seeing. It's a it's yeah. a small kind of uh, You say Robert Redford? Yeah. Sissy Spacek. Huh. Yeah, it's really good. Huh. Very interesting. Based on a true story. Definitely check it no, out. I remember
1: out. it coming out, but I don't think I'd put two and two together. Yeah. Um,
2: but but I I'm certainly glad to see him get into this more. Philosophically adventurous kind of territory. Um, I think he does it well. I I enjoyed going there with him. And yes, if you're listening and thinking, I can't wait to go see another Knights of the Round Table film. This isn't the one for you. Go back and watch a Knight's Tale. You'll be better for it. <laughs> or, or or find yourself accidentally
1: there and stick through the whole thing. There you
0: yeah, go. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, if 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 even if you're on the fence, if you do decide to go stick it out no matter how. And I would recommend
2: doing what Carlos did and rereading at least a synopsis of the original, uh, tale of Gawain and, uh, the green Knight, because I I think in retrospect, I kind of wish I had, I, you know, I said something in a, uh, like a group chat that I'm
0: in that I was going to be going to see this movie. Um, and my friend Vanessa was like, Oh, I'm still rereading, uh, the story. And I was like, oh, I don't really feel like that's necessary. I said this after having seen the film. I said, oh, I was like, oh, I don't know that's necessary. Because in my head, I'm thinking like, oh, he changed so much. Like, you know, it doesn't matter. And she was like, oh, it's just a preference thing. And within 10 minutes of having said that, I was like, mm, I've changed my mind. You should finish yeah. rereading it.
1: Yeah, I, Like I said earlier, it didn't bother bother me that I didn't know all that. I mean, but, all, all of that being said, it. should you
0: revisit if you, or visit for the first time? Good night from Oscar Blues. Yeah. Um, this, this brewery, actually, interesting, Corpus tie in the former assistant brewer of local uh, brew pub B&Js. That's now, right. He's
2: working for Oscar Blues in uh, Austin. For, yeah,
0: now works for Oscar Blues in Austin. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah. He might have had a hand in this
2: batch. Who knows? That's true. Yeah, That would be
0: rad. Um, I liked this beer. I don't drink any red anything very often. Yeah. Um, and so it's always kind of nice to... Remind yourself there's more than juice and haze out there, you know, that there are some of these more classic styles that we should uh, yeah. as beer lovers make a point to revisit every now and then. I
1: yeah. don't gravitate to the red stuff either. I don't and I don't know why because this one tastes fantastic. And I like the imperial on it. We hadn't been together in a while together, so going in with a little bit higher than normal ABV is a nice thing to do.
0: Yeah 8.7 that's not yeah, nothing yeah
1: um, but the flavors nice, nice and round. sometimes the the we sometimes I get concerned that a growing what was a micro brewery at one time, still a craft brewery is getting so large that they're gonna begin to see a diminishing quality of return and the oscar blues i mean they, they deliver I, I like the stuff i get from them and i like that yeah. uh, i get a lot of it at my local n- neighborhood grocery store yeah
0: yeah they're they're one that you can definitely find at h-e-b or at sprouts or uh, i would natri- buy this or, um, i would buy this again stick it in the Clover. fridge and i think i think i would too i've been i've been personally um, after having taken the dry month um, in june going through july and now into august Uh, since I've been drinking through, again, back to drinking somewhat regularly through July and August, I'm finding myself more in this realm. I'm more interested in Crispy Boys or in, like, you know, just kind of more straight up, not, like, super... Straightforward. Not super uh, vanilla bean milkshake IPAs or whatever, you know, more so just, like, just give me, like, a really decent New England IPA and not even necessarily like a hazy just like a New England which I know is hazy but not like to the level that some of the hazier ones uh, mm-hmm. take it yeah. so uh, this is kind of in line with where I've been living lately oh good
2: yeah, yeah I think it's always good to go back to classics I'm I'm definitely uh, a fan of Oscar Blues like the both of you and to me this is a pretty fun thing to drink on you know on the occasion of talking about a a film like this. I just, you know, it it has more body and a little bit more maltiness than your typical IPA, Mm -hmm. but it's not cloyingly sweet. It's, I think, pretty balanced overall. I'm I'm enjoying it. It was 8.7%. percent you got to respect that. Not mad at it. So, you know, yeah, I I would say this this was a win for the first half. For sure. Um, I, you know... Varying levels of
0: enthusiasm, but I would say a win for the Green Knight uh, so far. So we will see. I can't believe David
1: hated the Green Knight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't I believe David said "fuck the Green Knight." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we we Aww. will we will see what what uh, Love the Green Knight. <laughs> we, we will see what the what the rest of the episode has in store for us. And that if we get another win, beer or movie wise, in the second half of the episode when we return.
1: <laughs> I hope that you caught my profanity.
0: Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll edit it out. I don't mind. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. I don't know. Anyway, we are back... For a second, wonderful, titillating half of Beer in a Movie, and uh, so that
2: so that means what it means, and it means that we're going to open another well, beer. what it especially means is I'm so happy to be back in this space with you guys. Back
0: in the saddle again. Back in the saddle
2: again. It's been over a month. I mean, we, we've had a month's worth of episodes. Um, you're not back in black because you're... No. Literally in the well, most, I got black shorts, uh,
0: but the shirt is the, as the, shirt the is opposite as not of black, black as it
1: could get. You couldn't pick them out of a lineup at a Jimmy Buffett concert. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really am
2: on my way to Margaritaville today. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but sure enough, I I was gone for that for a lot of that month uh, visiting my home state, the state of Maine. Uh, I Which we'll mentioned. talk about in after hours if there's any exciting Absolutely. I'll, I'll adventures fill, and fill you guys in on some any of my quests trials and tribulations. But uh, but what I did do for sure was bring a little bit of beer back with me I didn't go as nuts as I usually do honestly. you usually go pretty fucking I hard. usually
1: do and, and I, I, I will be asking you about this so, in After Hours yeah friends. something
2: had me pull back this year but beer and did,
1: moviepodcast.com
0: or uh, fuck patreon.com slash podcast, five dollars a month get yeah. you a bonus episode every single week
1: I have in my All notes the question
0: of nice. these things we've been referencing yeah. happen on the Patreon yeah, yeah. help us out yeah. okay bonus content <laughs> you brought
1: <laughs> so, these back remember? so
2: one of the beers that I brought back with me to share with you guys is is a collaboration between two show favorites uh, of the past. We've had both these breweries on their own before. Mass Landing. That one I remember. Out of my hometown of Westbrook, Maine. And Orono Brewing out of Orono, Maine, where the flagship campus of the uh, University of Maine system is and where one of my nephews goes to school. I actually went to Orono for the first time in many many years. to the years. university or
0: just in general?
2: Uh, yes went to the university campus went went to hit the house that he's going to be living in so anyway nice. was up there in town what but, what
0: what did we have from them
1: before
2: uh, I think it was tubular I think we had the tubular we did oh, have the tubular I, and we
1: had that with I remember that Palm yeah. Spring. I didn't I didn't that kind didn't, of sounds right I didn't it's gonna gonna remember bother me the nothing name of the until we figure yeah. it all
2: out so this is a collaboration that they did and I think they've actually done it a couple times because when I read the description on the website it sounds like we you know we liked it so much we. We we did it again or something, but it's called back in the zone because here I am back in the zone with y'all. And back in the danger zone. I'm assuming you're putting in an audio clip of uh, Kenny Loggins there. <laughs> okay, uh, w- w- but uh, b- back in the zone. It actually seems to be that based on the label art, back in the uh, you know Sonic the Hedgehog two uh, zone. I see, I I, see the rings. I think yeah, it's the Sonic rings. 2. Um, it's a double ipa it's 8.1 so we're going down a little bit in abv wow but i'm hoping it's going to keep us in that zone that we are we going uh,
0: down in the film
2: as well i don't know is we're going to
0: things to come well we're
2: staying true to our chivalric uh
1: duties because this is a
2: chivalrous podcast hold
1: on hold on it's, it's it's not a bad segue we did the tubular ipa with get it swords of trust.
0: Ah. Oh, All yeah. right. And Lens then we did another one of
1: theirs with "There Will Be Blood." Nice.
0: All right. Sword so, "Sort of Trust" is on uh, is on Netflix now. Actually. So oh, cool.
2: I think we all like that movie. a lot. Listeners it, who haven't checked that out, definitely. who haven't checked it
0: out, check it out. Beer and Movie Audience. If you listened or skipped that episode because you didn't uh, want to pay to see it or whatever weird reason you might have had, uh, go to if you have a Netflix subscription, which I don't really know that many people that don't. Uh, go watch "Sort of Trust." Great, great, great film
2: yes lynn shelton rest in peace right. may her may her work live on for many many years to come and it shall yeah um but but the film that we're convening here to talk about as we sip on this uh hopefully luscious it's double very IPA. improvisational podcast this week
0: yeah we did not decide who was doing no what. We it is and it's, we're, it's we're going kinda... so i shouldn't have even said anything because yeah. it's going
2: so well i i felt like it was a pretty good handoff there uh it, we're going back to 1981 to a film that I had never seen before. I hadn't So, so glad that this kind of... Because our, our talk was maybe doing Holy Grail. We thought like, okay... Or A Knight's Tale, which we read. Or A night's Tale. Ad nauseum in the yeah. first We We're <laughs> like, okay, these are like some of the... And I've never seen Night's Knight's Tale. I've seen... Oh, I've seen the? Grail. Well, I say <laughs> In the future, in the future.
0: I, uh, I'm so mad at myself now for, for not, steering us away from that.
1: Well, but this... Uh, I'm not. Okay, but, <laughs> Let's but I'm... let get into this movie, because...
2: I'm going to say this is a really interesting film. John Borman who our listeners may be, I mean, I was most familiar with him in connection with deliverance, yeah. uh, you know, which is a notorious film for, for a variety of reasons, but especially yeah. squeal like a pig, um, dueling banjos, d- dueling banjos for sure. But, you know, kind of, you know, cut his way through hollywood point blank a a sort of cult uh favorite lee marvin film um lee marvin was a guy who we loved working with was supposed to be in this film for a little while actually interesting um you know he did the exorcist 2 which is sort of a notoriously troubled film and that it didn't do as well as the original and the original's director friedkin has come out on record saying that he hates this film in fact was (laughs) listening to a podcast. Uh, uh, Friedkin is... After uh, Hours, After Hours. Yeah, he seems to be a kind of kind of thorny guy. He's an opinionated guy. Yeah. But actually, the film of John Borman's that I probably saw the most and didn't even think of as a Borman film when I was younger was Hope and Glory, which is this really interesting story of World War II through the eyes of a British... Kid, a, a young boy, which mm-hmm. I, if I remember correctly, it came out on cable about the same time that I was that age. And I remember finding that to be one of the few like war films that I actually connected with right. because it was like, makes oh, this is what it would be like to be a you know guy my age in that. Right. And, and he's done a lot of other things. But, you know, Borman's take on Arthurian legend, um, which I had never seen, Excalibur is what we're talking about. Um, this takes on. Uh, you know, and if if I was better with my Arthurian legend, I would I would be able to tell you the Lady of the Lake, her the arm clad
1: of... in the purest shimmering samite, head aloft a scabbard. That's from my Monty Python. The, okay, there we go. Done. I just I was it, upset that we didn't. i j- real. I really feel
2: like I've done myself a disservice in this life by not reading <laughs> any Arthurian legend and getting into it because clearly having that would make me appreciate Holy Grail and these other films much more than I already oh, do. I don't think you need an appreciation of Arthurian legend to just laugh out loud with Holy Grail. Yeah, there's No, plenty. but I, but I think the jokes would hit harder if I knew exactly who they were targeting huh. and what, but yeah. th- anyway, th- you mm. know, I just vaguely know like, oh, this is like English medieval kind of, you know, tomfoolery. I, I yeah. get it, you know. Um, but, but this is, you know, primarily the story of, yes, Excalibur being retrieved, um, Arthur... How he comes to rise to power, the the sort of trials and tribulations that beset him in that um, in his rise to power and and ultimately holding on to power, and his sister kind of being this um, which um, Morgana, Morgana, Who who's is, in yeah Green Knight, Morgan as the mother of Gawain. So in some versions of the Arthurian legend the sister uh, Morgana has a child with Arthur, but in other ones, it's a child separate, separate l- yeah. which is Gawain. And you know, anyway, so, but yeah. this is one where she's usually, they some bear kind a child of, together.
0: Yeah. She's usually some kind of sorceress. Yes. The, the, um, degree to where her morality lies, I should say varies. That's right. like the, the biggest the, and variable the, with her. In
2: this particular interpretation, it, She's fairly it nefarious. goes goes to the uh, negative end. It of goes to the spectrum. negative end. Yeah.
0: Also, another thing I didn't mention about the Green Knight is we see Morgan Le Fay do the enchantment straight up at the beginning. Right. In the poem, you don't find that out until the end. Is that right? Yeah.
2: It's like a part so, of the, part of the big reveal at the end. But in the original poem, she is the one who's like creating this scenario. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. Now,
0: this film has. You know, I would say some favorites of the podcast, and also uh, a very famous uh, villain of Beer in a Movie and Gabriel Byrne.
2: I'm glad you brought that up because he's he's not in it for long. He, <laughs> but it's troubling when he is. <laughs> well, when I started watching, so the, this was this was fun. Um, I I really enjoyed this film. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a fun movie. I Patrick fucking Stewart jo, is in it. Joe had. I had, saw had, what I saw. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Joe had indicated to me that it might be good if I could be uh, on some other sort of uh, illicit substance while, <laughs> while I was watching it, which indicated to me that okay, this this might be kind of an odd film. Um, I I did. Didn't That's do fair. that, but I was in my hotel. Room. I have a, a long story, maybe in after hours. But I was yeah, out of I'm town. I'm the only loser in this whole story that you just told.
1: What? Nothing.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, but out of town, I'm in a hotel room by myself. I open up my laptop. I'm like, I'm gonna do what I never do: watch a movie on my laptop yeah. because I have no other way to watch it in my hotel room. You gotta know what you got to so, do. So. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna put the lights down. I'm just gonna focus on it. And I'm gonna. And it was actually one of the most rewarding, like, laptop film viewing experiences. A I've new beard movie in my category. Life. Let's go. Yeah, with it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, there's very few films. It it drew me in enough. And, and this part, could
0: be a
1: party film, by the way. I, part, I saw. I saw. <laughs> I,
0: I saw. I saw a party film. Uh, I saw a movie for the first time that is a, would be a great party film. Don't let me forget it for after hours. Okay. Okay. My God. We have not been
2: together for four weeks.
0: This we have watched is the a lot of after things. hours ever. <laughs> yeah, tonight. we've watched a lot of things separate yeah. from each other. But, so, yeah, but, but you from, from the get go,
2: seeing Gabriel Byrne come out of there, I think one Uther. of the first things I did was you know you was, weren't expecting it. All of no. A sudden, did you text Ethan? Byrne? Okay. No, I texted uh, you guys and I didn't I didn't I say Gabriel Byrne is in this thing or something like that. I, 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 yeah, I probably didn't see. Yeah, I mean in part. Partly because, yeah, I mean, it... it it still burned in my memory how much. <laughs> Even, well, it was like, it was just like, it was taken for granted that Gabriel Burns' presence was going to tr- make any film into garbage. And I, I've never known that to be the case. That I've, I'm curious. But but that was our former co-host, Ethan. Ethan hates um, It's so good. Uh, you know, he's in this one so fleetingly. I wonder if Ethan would give it a pass. Maybe. I don't know. He's
0: He's got a lot happening with him, too. Like, he's got a big beard, and he's usually wearing some kind of armor so right right he's, he's disguised
2: but but he's like the the inciting duplicitous uh character here who, who what's who does... funny is like i thought
0: he was king arthur and that they just had the their accents were just super heavy oh yeah uh not he, uther pendragon the subtitle <laughs> said uther and yeah. i was just like oh that's interesting that they're even going with the spelling different and then eventually <laughs> i realized what was happening yeah uh yeah wacky movie uh a young Helen Mirren, thank God, uh, just a captivating screen presence that keeps me... Yeah. Oh, she's one. She's yeah. great. But really, like, an incredible cast in this thing. Like,
2: well, yes. Your, I, your
0: quintessential go-to of, like, high-brow thespians of English,
1: like Liam Neeson, Patrick theater Stewart, and film, Gabriel Byrne. This was their, Those first, were their gig. first, film. yeah. This yeah. was like this was a launching point for Irish and English actors, yeah, because it was this is a, a they American had theater produced pedigree. film, right? Uh, shot in Ireland. And who's the who's
0: the uh, the guy? Um, he was the leader of the wildlings in Game of Thrones, um. Oh. I don't know. he oh my god he, he he has an odd name which is why i don't remember it um but he's in a lot of stuff and he just has this very striking kind of menacing look to him uh he is
2: not not nickel williamson was it the no. one who plays merlin oh no okay he's well i don't know i i don't know him for much but apparently he's one he of the still. knights um i'll 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 find it, but he... Nicholas um, Clay as Lancelot?
0: No, that guy was really interesting, though. Yeah. Uh,
2: so, no, my Game of Thrones. But, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, we use the term, or, or your friend used the term surreal. Syrian Hines. Syrian Hines, okay. Used the term surreal to describe uh, Lowry's The Green Knight. I would say the same term applies here. Oh, yeah. Here. This is this is a it, special it, early eighties. closer, surreal. I think, to Arthurian legend. It's uh-huh. not doing as much to subvert. It's the Clash of the Titans version, but it's definitely playing around with sort of dreamlike sequences, and you know the the lighting and production design being used in ways that really... I mean, yeah. it's like things are like sort of bathed in this haze. I mean, we Every, should probably add a hazy. Yeah. Well, well this is kind this of a is hazy. This is kind of a hazy. Yeah, yeah,
0: it is. Whenever Excalibur is present, there's like a green light mm-hmm. bouncing off of things. And it's like
1: there's no muted screen over the green light you know nope. that off camera there's a big there's green, a, there's light. A green light like, that's just shining a bare onto light bulb it. yeah a and, giant. It's, and it's clearly reflecting off of the metal of the sword yeah, yeah. and and other things the lady on of the set. lake
0: yeah <laughs> it's uh yeah th- this movie does have an interesting haze to it which i think is kind of to its detriment because it dates it a little bit it makes it look like an older movie, yeah, yeah. and, and
1: uh. the boundary of special effects, I think, yeah, you know, yeah, there is that as it. well. But but it was but, the launching point for fantasy, is like blurb of fantasy all through the eighties, yeah. That that was yeah, uh, in, yeah you get because this was
0: a fan. This was a financial hit, yeah. Um, uh, Trevor Jones too. I mean he he goes on to score a Labyrinth and yeah. It came out when I was so.
1: nine, so that means I was right in the sweet spot for VHS. And I think at yeah. we and me and my buddies rented this. 10 to 12 times okay so this you you recommended this or you suggested this because this i hadn't was a, seen it since but I had, you at one time did yeah. have oh, i yeah, was yeah. the one that suggested it i remember because, the eyeball being plucked out the eyeball I, being plucked out was a big goddamn deal when you were a yeah. kid that, age. that was cool
0: yeah okay. i had i kind of brought this to the table because i had seen an article about it um in ref specifically in reference to the green knight and you know saying you know oh, whatever about the green knight but let us not forget the originator yeah. of R-rated Arthurian yeah. lore, this was a definition 1981's making. Excalibur. Which, yeah. which
2: is funny because I was reading up on this. Like, I don't remember. I I'm pretty sure I never saw this film in its entirety, but I think I may have seen... Shots from it, like I remembered the green glowing sword coming out of the water. There, there were images that I kind of remembered, and I think I probably saw the PG-rated version that they cut for television at oh. some point on cable, like a part of it. Like I don't think I saw the entire thing, but there was a, a significant uh, recut of the film that was used to broadcast during daytime hours. Interesting. Um, yeah, on, you would have television. to
0: cut a decent amount.
2: Well, because pretty early on, I mean, w- one of the little creepy tidbits in this film is you know the the first um character to get raped uh here is the daughter of john Borman. he's he's filming his daughter in a rape scene Um, oh
0: really like uh (laughs) the woman that ends up having arthur's child or uther's child that becomes arthur
2: right arthur's mother is uh igraine right igraine yeah igraine yeah as katrine borman oh, shit. so his teenage daughter at the time Great. is a, weird yeah yeah that does that, very weird I, yeah that is weird i mean it's an effective scene no i mean no <laughs> I, no i
0: know not no, yeah. not weird that it happens yeah. in the film weird that you would explicitly make the decision, that right, decision and he's
2: even you know people have called him on it in interviews apparently and and he's like you know well it, She's a professional, but you know his his explanation is you know like we're just we're making this film and we're we're doing this thing and and we didn't even think about it and um and they probably didn't at the time. No, I hope not, but or at least not in any untoward way. But uh, but it is yeah. odd from from a certain standpoint, but that comes very early on. This that, sort hey of,
1: late seventies era into eighty one, yeah. there was some weird shit going on and permissible in Hollywood. Yeah, you? yeah. Yeah, It's not a soapbox. It's a fact. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. So, so you liked this one when you were younger? No. Uh, <laughs> it was slow and boring, but you, but there But were, there was enough there nudity to make and, it. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was And I get plucked out of a, of a guy's corpse. That was cool. Okay, okay. Um, so I did not con- deeply connect with the film. It was probably a party film, although those are junior high parties filled with IBC root beer that you put in the freezer for about 15 minutes to get a little slush in it. <laughs> <laughs> and then you turn on The well, Graduate when you're 17 and that begins the spark of whoa wait movies do weird different other things than just I, anyway. yeah. Um, never seen The Graduate <sighs> okay so uh, I, we, <laughs> I, I was eager to revisit it though. to kind of maybe capture some nostalgia see how yeah. much I remembered and I remembered very very little I certainly didn't know who Patrick Stewart and the others were um, he's not in it as much as I had hoped no, but when he is, he's all <laughs>
0: he's. Yeah. He's incredible. Yeah. I, what a what a what a treasure. What a what a joy it is to be alive at the same time he's, as Patrick Stewart.
1: There's a lot of adult animation that kids can consume, but the kid the adults have a different relationship with it than the kids do. It went right over the kids' heads, you know. And mm-hmm. that's that that's sure. when rewatching this now. It was a completely different experience. Yeah, and I enjoyed it very, very much. It's 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 a kind of a that fantasy action film that only nineteen eighty one might have done. Yeah, and 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 I had seen the Emerald Forest, but I didn't put a director to any of these at the time. Uh-huh. But I remember the Emerald Forest was a big VHS rental for me, uh, and I enjoyed that movie a lot. It's a follow up, but it was a, it was a box office flop. But it's, it's a kid doing. Uh, re- really interesting things. Yeah. So th- th- I, that always appeals to me.
2: Yeah. I certainly saw some age. of those later fantasy films from the 80s. Um, but but this one, you know, was just a little too early for me to have latched on to. And like I said, I may have seen yeah. bits of a PG rated version of it, but I, I was never aware of the, of this, you know, in in sort of its entirety. It, it, it's interesting, again, coming at Arthurian interpretations or adaptations without the the grounding, I really do feel like it is a bit of a gap for me personally. I would at some point like to become more acquainted with it, not because I think it's like going to do a lot to inform me now, but I think because it is this rich sort of cultural touchstone that you have films like this and okay. then other stories that will kind of Ha- have this kind of, uh, you know, th- this reference back to th- these ideas of, you know, knights on journeys and, you know, people proving their um, their honor or people sliding into terrible, uh, you know, misdeeds or whatever, the, you know. The, the, though in this one in particular, the, I will say, you know, Excalibur, it, it kind of, um, it was interesting how much incest played a role in, in, yeah. in what's going on. Um, also, you know, sort of, sort of interesting, like, who am I rooting for in this film? What, what, what is question. that? I mean, I That's guess it's Arthur. Merlin. I guess it's kind of Arthur. What is it Merlin? Do you ever feel like you're rooting for Merlin? Hey, when
1: he comes back on screen, i like to see him again because I love the helmet. The helmet okay. is weird. And I love, like, this... I don't want to derail you. Who is the hero? No, I'm just saying, yeah, who am I following in this film? I believe it's designed for Arthur to be an anti-hero to a degree, or a fallen hero. The same guy we see a little bit in The Green Knight. Yeah. Uh, I I mentioned that that, that Arthur and his wife were sickly, which is, you know, Arthur's always held in high esteem when you present him on screen or film, so... You know some of the subversiveness that you were talking about carlos um here it is his rise to glory and i mean i just want to mention a couple of things um i love the simplicity of the sword being taken from the stone yeah it's funny it doesn't come with a you know it's just uh it's
0: it's it's born of practicality
1: Sure, and they he had lost. that big goddamn green light that was off camera because yeah. it was all over that scene. Yeah, yeah. He,
0: he loses his brothers. He's his brother Squire loses the sword, and once he realizes he's not going to track down the thief that stole it, he's like, "Oh, I'll just grab this one."
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and up until that point, he believed he was just his the little brother.
0: Yeah, just some random... But what he
1: really was, was a baby born in incest for Merlin to capture, and... That that was not an incest. He was was born out of trickery,
2: though. Uther had disguised himself as the Duke of Cornwall. Right, the the, the
1: rape. I mean, Sorry. He used no, the wrong horrible yeah, word. Not, not no, incest rape. No. Oh yeah,
2: that makes it okay. I just I, you
1: know, <laughs> you saying the words out loud that it does certainly have a lot of that in the script makes me kind of jolt with the idea that to me those are just plot devices of that Greek and you know, Greek based this well, is yes, not Greek. These are but like, you see a lot of that running it through is like Greek Shakespeare and Arthur, Greek yes. and you know. Um But you but but you are right, it is troublesome. <laughs> and and I dismissed it maybe just a, a tad too quickly, um, but the, but the, but the performances uh, I mentioned that okay so Merlin and here Helen and every time they have dialogue you're kind of re riveted to just the flowy nature of the really sh- like well in their relationship is, is probably script. the most
2: interesting of the it entire one hundred percent is the most interesting that they- he's kind of um you know initially kind of, well he he becomes aware of her abilities becomes kind of a mentor slash you know uh teacher to her and because she has the dark arts but she then has the it becomes to... clear that she kind of has these different now you know it leaves me with lots of questions too. be and this is where i feel like my my relative uh ignorance of arthurian legend puts me at a disadvantage like what is it that's motivating merlin to do these things anyway why is he so concerned with these people he seems to not like them he's like all.
0: a thousand years old he's just bored
2: Okay, that's that's what it boils down to. <laughs> I mean, I
0: don't know. That's 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 my reading of it. Yeah. I mean, this. it's like I mean, at least
2: with Gandalf, I kind of understand like he has some interest in, you know, the ring not falling into the wrong hands and like, okay, we need to take care of this situation. There are Yeah.
1: Gandalf was um just making sure that balance was still in order. Yeah. You're going to have a little bit of good, you're going to have a little bit of evil. Let's just balance it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
0: Merlin seems to his motivation seems to begin with trying to uh, bring some kind of balance to the British Isles okay and like yeah. help our Uther yeah. like unite, unite all the lands all these, under yeah. one rule and and then I guess when that goes wrong, he feels compelled to see it through with his mm. spawn and Arthur um but then yeah I mean he goes away for.
1: <laughs> a lot
0: of the film, and then yeah. convey,
1: you know, but he's trapped in a Superman like uh, glass crystal yeah, box, yeah, yeah, until yeah. he's called to, uh-huh. called for, or whatever. yeah, I
0: yeah. it's, I mean, th- uh, you know,
1: it's thin it's script, a, but it's I don't, a bizarre kind yeah. of movie, it has a very I, European feel. We did the spaghetti western last week, the yeah. idea of like the, <laughs> yeah,
0: we did it last week,
1: epic, didn't we? I mean, we, we, yeah, yeah. the epic, um. American stop type of movie. Let's do a fantasy movie based on our theory and legend. But mm-hmm. Let's send it over to n- not Europe, I- Ireland. Yeah, and it goes through this weird. Kind Is he of,
0: American, the director?
1: I, don't uh, really I think Borman's English, but it, uh, th- Irish maybe. Irish. Yeah, it goes through this weird cycle of like early eighties babble fantasy, but it's filmed and presented in such earnestness. You know, the the Merlin helmet is so silly, but it's, it, it, they fucking committed. They don't think it's silly. Yeah, they're committed to exactly what they intend on putting on screen. This, I, I think, is another Artur movie. I mean, in a way that the, certainly the late 70s into the early 80s were. Yeah. You know, you get to um, Indiana Jones in mm. about, what, three, five years? You know, so so that's when you begin Sooner. to see a different time. Like, yeah, of a, I think, I ma- think-
2: Think. But anyway, Raiders was not too long after this, right? Eighty-three. Yeah, uh, I did a whole deep dive
1: into the action movie of this era, of this time period. Yeah, like what? What? This bore. isn't an action movie, though. This I feel like this. I feel like this fits more into.
0: That, that groundbreaking 50, medieval that epic. fantasy. Well, I feel like it fits more in than if we're if we're not going to get too specific with the subgenre, which I feel like medieval fantasy is a pretty specific sub- subgenre. Sure. If we're looking at the broad like five or six big categories that exist, or maybe even less than that, this fits into that fifty million dollar drama that you know people used to make back in the day. You yeah. know, um, I don't know what the actual budget of this film was, but. Star Wa- Star Wars had come out 11 11 million Good on them.
1: Spent in in Ireland, which is probably but that but go, that was eleven in, in eighty, 80 so one. we're probably talking at least like close fifty, to like twenty. Yeah, yeah. But uh, still, yeah, not too far off. Star right? Wars had come out, followed by The French Connection a couple of years later. So and that was considered an Jaws action had come movie. Out. Uh, um, so now the two Star Wars had come out this early eighty. No, wait, hold, hold Empire man. was eighty, wasn't it? <laughs> I expect the Star Wars franchise had begun. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Leading into fantasy, leading into, you know. Yeah. And this is such a weird blip. But it it's is odd. a genre maker to a large degree. But it's, Rated R. Is it any weirder? I mean, Legend is weirder than this. The, yeah, the movie Legend. Yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, their Labyrinth is weirder than this. I mean,
2: you know, well, yeah, but Labyrinth is but Labyrinth is and delivering
1: funnier. a vision of weirdness. Labyrinth is and it's self contained. Yeah. It's
2: like I, I I think what this has going that like the and stress budget a while, like Legend and and Labyrinth. Yes, they're in the fantasy realm, but they're kind of doing their own thing and they're creating their own sort of legend and whereas this one's whereas this is like pre-existing clearly, ip it's, it's riffing i mean that's yeah. what i that, like both it's this just and like the green Knight. it's just like a freeform jazz jam <laughs> there you go it's like you know <laughs> exactly. i saw what i saw exactly. well, but but i mean you that's where seeing these films it's like oh it's so clearly these filmmakers who have grown up with these stories uh-huh at the core of their understanding of storytelling, wanting to take on these things that are really, like, archetypes of storytelling. You know what I mean? Like, I I think that for Borman, for Lowry, and for a lot of people, not me, but for a lot of people, these are some of those first stories that really, like, take hold, and that you hear repeated again and again, or that you read different versions of, and they become, like oh, it's these stories of men being tested by different battles and being confronted by different temptations and how do they react to those temptations and what do they, you know. And so these films are made in as like conversation with that experience that they had growing up, hearing these stories, these foundational stories. It's like, You know, people do it with Bible stories all the time. Or, you know, like there's a, you know, oh, this touches back on Adam and Eve. Or or a new new
1: Shakespeare movie.
2: Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, exactly. So it's like... That's a great example. These are stories that exist in this kind of other realm that really, for a lot of people, defines to them what storytelling is and what it means to have a hero and what it means for that hero to go through these trials. And, that you know, so... You know, I see this, and it's kind of I can tell it's Borman having his way with this. Is that you know here he is a decade or so into his career, he's made big successes. It's like now I'm going to take on this realm of fantasy, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell these stories in this like grand way, and I'm gonna make these people seem more grounded in certain ways. I think he was doing a lot of what Lowry was doing in Green Knight. This was a good pairing of films, without a doubt.
1: And I want to add that um, Flash Gordon came out one year prior so I mean this really is kind of the limits of what we know in Hollywood of how to create a fantastical world Mm -hmm. and it's very low budget it's it's a lot of costuming and you know uh, lighting and smoke yeah and um It would only be three, four, five years from now that you begin to see the beginnings of the the, the Spielberg reign of changing what an action movie is. But in 1981, this thing with this weird script and weird cast, really is a is a bit of a treasure I, I told my daughter if this comes out to Alamo or some similar kind of screening I am mm. taking you to this <laughs> yeah Interesting. It's, it's such an art tour but weird kind of bigger at the time budget fantasy film it's, it's well, great to speak to the budget this m- movie exists in a budget that doesn't
0: really exist anymore I mean even in terms of like The Green Knight which we saw in current money this is about a 33 million dollar film sure
2: Yeah. Yeah, Okay. There you go. So even more than squeezed out,
0: and then when a Saint Mod sneaks through, tends to be pretty goddamn. (laughs) I mean, Green
2: Knight was fifteen. I mean, that's. I expect. I when I saw it. Well, this is the in terms of the cast that we're dealing with. I can understand how those costs would be more like double what Green Knight is, and and it's you know comparative dollars. Given that, you know, we were, even though they weren't big names, there were more of them. And we had more characters on screen at a given that's time. True, that's, that, true, yeah. that's true, that's true, um, that's
0: true. It's
1: practical stuff that cost a lot of money back then. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um I I mean, I was surprised when I saw the budget for Green Knight. I kind of thought it was more after having
2: seen it. I didn't yeah, look it, looks, it, it looks like it was made for more, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Yeah, this is a quirky movie. I mean, I... <laughs> An interesting time in film, I feel time like capsule, the 80s. Yeah. You know,
2: I mean, it, it, it's it was interesting to me um, reading up on it a little bit. How much uh, this film, it, it, like Joe said, huge huge success um, for its time, and went on to be a favorite of many filmmakers, including Zack Snyder who, who uh so this is what we have to blame checks this film as this was uh, a spectacle film back then deep inspiration for i think justice league i mean what one of those films has uh it, well you're trying to it make might me have hate been, this movie it yeah. might have been the batman uh superman one or whatever because batman versus superman. it shows i guess when in that interpretation of the origin story for batman his parents are taking him to see excalibur at the theater that night that, so I, mean, so I he think puts that's true because yeah. he does because it's normally
0: even even when people have remade the film or remade Batman in mm. modern times, it's still always Zorro. it's still always the mask of zora yeah well but not not for Zack snyder excalibur (laughs) i I, see i I had never heard of this film until about a week ago so i wouldn't have caught that well that's. i also did delete almost everything from batman versus superman from my brain (laughs) good for my own mental health
1: but when you grew up i mean think about oh god you got to think about it uh vcrs were new and the and the tapes that were available, you went to the VCR sales store to yeah. get, and they had a very very that, short selection. I know about buying movies, Joe. Mm-hmm. I'm well, old I'm enough, enough to about living, I'm movies. I'm talking about living without the internet. Yeah, uh, I mean, where yeah, you no, found films like I lived without the internet like for a while, or no, I lived without. It's. it's, it's I'm not castigating y- you. I'm y- just suggesting that that our age. This is where our age difference come, really comes into play. Well,
0: no, actually, I think what's interesting is that. A Knight's Tale was similar for me. I owned yeah. that on
1: VHS. Like I had a VHS tape of that movie. But did Blockbuster exist? Yeah, we're not having the same conversation. There were twelve <laughs> movies you could get.
2: Oh,
1: oh they got okay. they got
0: four more. I see what you mean. I see and what you fuck, mean. Fuck!
1: Why didn't Dad just get the laser disc? Because that section's big right now. But no, then, then VHS would become what it became. Uh, but Excalibur was available. Wasn't laser disc after VHS? Excalibur and Time Bandits. Joe,
0: are you making this up? No. <laughs>
1: No, no, no. <laughs> this, is, this is this
0: How how extensive was your Criterion Laserdisc collection?
1: I did not own one of those. Oh, yeah, damn never. I never had a Laserdisc player. No, Dad either. didn't I, get
2: the Laserdisc.
1: He got the trunk. You know, I've VHS player. I've
0: got one in play. the shop. Laserdisc player in the shop, yeah. that I can't sell. I, I, I
1: surprise, I, surprise. I yeah. My, my yeah. tangent is over. I seed the floor. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
0: did,
2: did, this this is... Uh, I'm glad that I got a chance to watch this film. I mean, I, I will
1: definitely... It's got I, a bit of a cult status, and I think that everyone probably understands why.
2: Just to go yeah. back you know, to, to what we were saying about Green Knight, Talon I Mirren. think this one is a little bit more um, accessible. I, I think that, yeah. yes, oh, yeah. it, it, is, oh, yeah. it is surreal. <laughs> it, it is strange in its, in its ways. Um, but it and, has and a I discernible plot. It does have a fairly discernible plot. Um, I, I think that... It, you know, I could definitely see a lot of casual contemporary film goers not liking it because, again, medieval epics aren't in, in vogue right now. It's not, you know, something that a lot of people are craving. At this moment. It's not sexy. But if it's something that you're even a little bit inclined towards, I think this one is going to satisfy you more than the Green Knight uh, in general. Yeah, um, You know, like the guy I was pissing next to, I think <laughs> probably would have said Excalibur is a pretty good version. Excalibur of, of that. fucks, bro. I yeah. don't know what this
0: Green Knight is. Let's, yeah, I don't uh,
2: need my money back for that one.
0: My So my uh, my only critique, and this struck me like, just about the second the film was over. Uh, The only thing that I think this movie suffers from is that it tries to encompass the entirety of Arthurian mythology in one film. Uh, And I think it, it, the clash of the Titans. Well, well, does does it? I mean, it's, i mean it's we go it's from like a great birth hits, to almost right? death I yeah mean, well i mean but that's what i'm saying but it that, doesn't
2: go into all the stories of the knights and i mean no, 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 like no, no we no. don't get gawain no, no i mean yeah. i guess i meant specifically Gawain was liam neeson right yeah, yeah I
0: thought yes. that, was, that was great yeah it was pretty funny uh he has a particular set of skills and du- <laughs> du- du- dueling is not one of them uh i meant more so specifically arthur yeah not the entirety of all the offshoots, but like the character of Arthur, we go from pretty birth much birth to, to death, death yeah. you know, and uh, oh, we do go from birth to death. Uh, and I think that even for that one character,
2: that's a lot to cover in a movie. Right. Especially a character that has that much going on. That
0: has that much life. going on. And so I, and so I felt that, as he's beginning to age and stuff, it's just, it's kind of happening really fast. And the emotional through line for me didn't connect in a significant way. Whereas if maybe, because yeah, we didn't even mention that they just kind of casually underhand, toss you the Holy grail quest. Uh Yeah. That that's a quick one. It's super casual. And that's like 50 years long
1: in 10 minutes. That is
0: the like, Thing. To get you and, that grail. And King, and King Arthur's <laughs> lore. I mean, that's like the thing yeah. everybody knows King Arthur for King Arthur and the quest for the Holy grail. I mean there, I don't think there is a more iconic storyline from his canon or the character's canon than that. Right. And it's treated so casually. Well, beca-
2: and, and in part because it, it takes more interest in these kind of surrounding stories about his sister Morgana yeah. and you know, her, creation you know like the fool tricking her brother creating a child Mordred who becomes the sort of you know nemesis to Arthur and it you know, which I is mean, also dealt with in a very quick fashion it, relatively speaking yes it's the last like 20 be, minutes yeah I mean it, of the two and 15 two hour 15 minute film right but the culmination of this relationship with his sister that kind of goes back and forth a little bit yeah that's a whole movie though is what i'm saying it could have been yes no you're you're right i mean this film bites off a lot they save it with the see-through po armor There are like five or
0: six whole movies in this
2: yeah yeah i mean you you easily could and in fact you know that is one thing that occurred to me as i was watching this and i'm like i feel like if Borman were doing this now, he would be pitching this to HBO and it would be a ten part miniseries where he would take on, you know, yeah. all these different phases in, in Arthur's life because it does feel like he wants that kind of time. Yeah. Um but yeah, you can't do that in two hours and twenty minutes. It's got you know, you, you need to clean up. Even three,
0: it. I mean you'd yeah. be really pushing it. But but yeah, I mean all in all, it's like a yeah. I liked it. It's a fine, it's a fine film. It's uh, I don't know that I'm super eager to return to it or anything like that, but
2: I could definitely, you, you know, Joe said like if somebody was doing a, a retrospective screening like the Alamo was was doing that, I would go. I, it would be it would be a fun movie to see on the big screen and kind of experience with a crowd. I think there would be some laughs in there, yeah. some intentional ones, but also some unintentional, unintentional ones, and then just some good, you know interesting scenes between some great actors it really is I think as a document of many of these actors at this early stage in their career you know miriam and at least, Neeson yeah. and Stewart well yes right but they're still all like late 20s early 30s Stewart
0: they're, looks old already he's, he's be, always he been an be old closer man he might 40
2: but <laughs> But the point, you know, like it's—it's yeah. fun to see them yeah. at this kind of early stage working together, and in the most British of material, yeah. that they're just like you know tearing apart and enjoying each other. It, it's fun from that standpoint, even if you don't love the hazy visuals and the—it's uh, a uh, meal
1: for the actors, which yeah. is which is great yeah. to see when you have talent of
2: this caliber.
1: Yeah. I just want—I mean, I just want to reiterate—it's a Hollywood stop point in fantasy films or Arthurian legend films or night films. Um, and it's also clearly this weird nexus of next generation movie stars, weird nexus from yes. Patrick Stewart. I and mean, and all the way, to if you, if you think about Lisa, what was
2: going on in, in, on the other side of the pond, with uh, you know, like a, a cluster of folks like the Brat Pack or something, it it kind of has a similar resonance there, where it's like, oh, you're seeing these people who would go on to have these huge careers after, and and as I say that, I realize the Brat Pack did not, mm-hmm. but <laughs> but they were supposed to, yeah. uh, but but you know, like uh, one of those, oh god, I mean, there are other movies where you can look at it and you're like, oh, these people would all go on to have these amazing careers. And here I'm seeing them in some of their, you know... Wet Hot American Summer. Their first film role. Swingers. Okay,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Wet Hot American Summer, indisputably. I mean, that is a young...
2: Star-studded, not yet to be star cast I just that one's so linked to the state when, it, like, I saw it as a movie coming out of the state. That it, it, it's hard state. for me to think of it. The MTV sketch comedy series that most oh, of those okay. people were on, and that yeah, the, they like, weren't
0: superstars yet. David though.
2: Wayne and uh, Thomas Ian Lennon. Well, uh, not him. Uh, Michael Showalter, and Show they, Walter. yeah, they they were all. Part of the state. Okay. And then they went on to, you know, split off and do Stella and uh, Viva, Variety, and all these other programs. Sure. Yeah, anyway, they, now we're going down a rabbit hole.
0: But, <laughs> but my point yeah. is that from the relatively small status they had at the time of Wet Hot American Summer, 75%
2: of that cast are full-blown Yes, yeah, yeah no no, no the, the, I mean, that's fucking Amy Bradley and cooper. Brad cooper and yeah no i forget about that yes right i
0: mean it uh elizabeth banks director yeah. extraordinaire now as well you know massive <laughs> mm-hmm. movie star in her own right i mean there is an absurd cat christopher melanie yeah uh but anyhow i think i yeah i think this this film is is worth watching if not just for its uh
1: bizarreness I think okay. Carlos wrapped it up beautifully. Yeah. That was it was a good well, pick.
2: One one last thing I'm going to throw in there. It was fun to see. And I think, as far as I can tell, this was like the first time it was used prominently was that Carl Orff, uh, Carmina Barana. Um,
1: yes. Yeah. That da, has been used da, da, da. in
2: advertisements and other movies like yeah. endlessly ever since. And it, yeah, it's used repeatedly mm-hmm. in this film. Like that very, like, it just feels
1: incredibly important whatever Something it's playing important over. is happening yeah and usually satanic that could be yeah. i love that or yeah. or, or of the occult. yeah the ways of merlin <laughs> the, the ways of sonic the hedgehog the ways of- mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess there
2: well yeah the, the ways of being back in the zone guys uh you know the the this sort of canonical arthur film with uh with these great actors we're coming back together to talk about it we're drinking this beer we're back in the zone together do you feel like this beer was the right accompaniment to us getting back in the room together after
1: some time i think so it was the antidote to not having done it and green knight was the antidote to all of these like stream-based films that we had done yeah and are about to do Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> back in the zone, though we are mass landing in Orno. You're going to talk about your trip to Bain. I hope a little bit in after hours. Yeah. But thank you for bringing this back. You know,
2: I I'm enjoying this pretty well. I'm going to say I don't know that I'm in love with it, and and part of it is you know Carlos was saying earlier he's gone towards this kind of like he wants simpler things, crispy boys, and the. Uh, you know, like a, a, a touch back on sort of older styles. There, Red ales for miles. There's part of me. There's part of me that's in that zone these days. Myself, um, yeah, uh, going into fall shift or just whole no, like palate shift. I think a palate shift. I think I'm less interested in these kind of flavor bombs. And this one, it's intense. It's a, it's a lot. I mean, I'm sipping on it. I'm enjoying it on the one hand, but on the other, I'm kind of like. This is more supercharged than I want right now in, in my... Uh, I can
0: see that. It is it is big, bad, and bold. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot going on with this beer. Um, Pray tell,
1: do you predict the ABV average that we have had over every single beer we've ever had beginning to drop? Henceforth, come hither and predict.
2: If I'm going to be supplying the beer, I have a feeling it might. <laughs> interesting. Interesting.
1: We're current average about 8.3.
2: Right now, yeah. Um,
0: hopefully we ramp it up on After Hours. I feel like it's been a kind of light episode <laughs> no, so but far. David's saying in a general way, he's
1: going lower I, and I slower. T-
0: I, too, am going lower and slower. So, I mean, I'm just talking shit. Really, but... Vasuth. What another... Um,
1: Fantastical episode. Well, of hold on, just because David didn't love it, <laughs> I, I, I yeah, am I'm way still way enjoying in, yeah. the bomb. Yeah, yeah. I still am too. Yeah, it's a nice eight point one. It's not um, what I'm
0: normally gravitating towards, but it is nice to have.
1: understood but I would say though that it is very um, by the book when it comes to style. Yeah, I mean, there's no big surprises here. There's no. no big variation from it being solid and lovely. Um, but if you're not looking, if if you're trying to stay closer to the style. Well, th- this would be it, yeah. but that eight point one is going to give you a hefty punch.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I think it's a. I think it does exactly what it sets out to do. Um, also, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hopefully remember to talk about my new approach to film criticism uh, okay. in the after hours, um, which leads me to. What a great episode to return back to recording all three of us together in the same room. I couldn't have asked for a better film and film pairing to 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 do it. Um please join us next week when we talk about uh Suicide Squad and uh, a film picked by co-host Extraordinaire David Gurney.
2: Grand Illusion.
0: The Grand Illusion. Uh Whoa. so that's coming at you next week. You have plenty of time to watch those films between now and then so that you are locked in with us. In the meantime, you know, the conversation doesn't end here. We want you to get in on it, to talk to us about your thoughts, your feelings, love or loathe. How did you feel about the Green Knight, Oscar Blues, any of these beers, Excalibur? Did you rent it on VHS for the boobies (laughs) 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 or did you not? Uh, I'm really sorry about that, Uh, but... Let us know. You can interact with us on all of your favorite social media channels. Uh, Twitter at Beer Movie Show. Instagram at Beer and Movie. Facebook.com slash Beer and Movie TX. Let me say that one more time. Facebook.com slash Beer and Movie TX. com is the home base. And, you know, we've talked so much about what we're going to talk about on After Hours. It's sure to be a very extra-sized, double-stuffed episode. But that is patreon.com slash Beer and Movie Podcast. For only $5 a month, you get a bonus episode. Chicken scratch. Every single week. Even the weeks where we are not convening, where we put them in the can, we also pre-record bonus episodes when we have to do that. Uh, So uh, that's not nothing. We're doing the best to bring you the best content. We're doing everything that we can, whether it's in our free main feed or on the Patreon. So please do not sleep on that. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please rate, review, and subscribe so that the algorithm do what it do and people know where to find us if they want to hear a podcast about beer or movies or ideally both of those things until next time
2: we all fear but fear can be a gift